This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Maps Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam. I spaz like Dallas, set out on rapping. God, if Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fit again. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Step Back of Mavs podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Glatson. Uh, be sure to follow us both on Twitter. You can find me at Dalton underscore Trigg. You can find Matt at Matt Glatson. And then you can follow the pod itself. We've got a account set up for the pod. It's at Step Back Mavs. Uh, you know, be sure to send us any messages you have, any any questions you may want us to, you know, discuss, potentially discuss on the pod. We also have a feature here on Anchor now. Uh, you can find it in our, uh, our pod notes on any platform you're listening on. You can click that link and you can send us voice messages. So definitely be sure to check that out. And like I said, just give us a follow. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. We appreciate all the support you give us on a weekly basis. So, Matt, how you feeling tonight? Pretty good, man. Um, a lot of interesting stuff happened out there on NBA Twitter the last couple days, so I'm ready to ready to get into it. Yeah, and and look before we before we jump into some of the stuff I know you're talking about, <laughs> I can't help but mention. You know, we've already talked about the scout Brian guy enough. But uh, you know, I just saw before we jumped on here, he's 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 back at it again, and this time he's going after Bob Volgaris and Mark Cuban, and it's not it's not ending well for him. <laughs> Man, I haven't even seen that yet. I'm gonna have to pull that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And earlier he got into it with Bomani Jones, and uh, you know he he's getting owned from every which every which direction. So. You know, good luck to him if that's the route he wants to take, if that's the way he wants to grow his brand, so to speak. Then to each yeah. to each his own. <laughs> yeah, and and here's a here's a bit of advice for um, for everyone out there who's trying to make a name for themselves on Twitter, um, or just like in on the NBA landscape in general. Um, don't get into it with Mark Cuban because you're gonna lose. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, look, my advice would be just. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yes, obviously, don't like, be a just, dick. You know, just be, be in general, be nice to people. I mean, that's just, that's something I've always tried to do. You know, I, I, I want to try and, you know, treat everybody with respect. And, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm not, obviously I'm not perfect. I, every now and then I, 
I lose it and I end up, you know, getting into a squabble or something. But for the most part, I mean, just be nice to people. It's a it's a much better way to go about things. It'll it'll uh, decrease your stress level. So. Yes. No. I I, I concur. I'm I'm not as uh, as nice of a person as you are. I don't think because <laughs> I tend to uh, to lose it a little bit easier than you do, but. I, I, I generally follow the same mindset as you. I, I just can't. It's not worth it. Um, the mute button and the block buttons are there for a reason. If uh, if you're one of my followers and I haven't interacted with you in some time, there's about a 25 to 50% chance I've muted you if you've been rude to me in the past for some reason. So um, I would I would have suggested to Brian the scout that he had done that but well um, and as it stands it you know he's digging his own grave well, and for all of our our followers listening i mean i you'd probably agree with this too but you know matt he can uh he can you know get get angry with people on twitter sometimes and i understand it because you know people can be so unreasonable <laughs> every now and then but you know He's not. It's it's a little bit different in real life versus Twitter. So <laughs> it's not. It's not like you're going around fighting with people in real life. No, in real life, I'm a I'm a lot more easygoing. It's just you know, but nobody tries to argue with me about basketball or Draymond Green in real life. So you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, look. Let, we'll we'll jump into talking about some Mavs related stuff because I'm sure everybody's you know ready to get into it and uh, we're gonna start with Kimba Walker you know imagine that we've we've talked so much about Kimba you know in the last month really the last even before the trade deadline you know when all the the Dennis Smith jr Kimba trade rumors were were swirling so we've been talking about him quite a bit on the step back and it's gonna continue you know, well into probably the first week of July. So, uh, right now, Matt, the one thing that I wanted to talk about, and, you know, I just read the article. It was uh, from the Charlotte Observer. And, hold on, I'm going to have to edit that out because it wouldn't pull up. (laughs) It was from the Charlotte Observer. Uh, Scott Fowler wrote it. And he basically, this is what he said. Should the Charlotte Hornets give their all-star point guard, Kimba Walker, the Supermax deal he is eligible for? As much as I hate to say it, because I love watching him play, no, they shouldn't. And here's why. And, you know, he goes into much more detail in that article. But, I mean, you know, it's basically what we've been, what we've been talking about since he became Supermax eligible. Everybody's quick to say, okay, there's no way he's going to turn down that money. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it, it would be hard for him to do that if he's even offered that money. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know, Matt. I, I just I don't think this is going to be as easy of a decision for the Hornets as some people might think. I mean, I, I've, I've said it for a while now. I think they're in a pickle. I think they're damned if they do, damned if they if they don't. Uh, but ultimately, 
I see Kimba leaving, and I, I don't I don't see Charlotte offering him that supermax contract. And even if they offer him more than the regular max, I don't think it's going to be that much more than that. I mean, the, the team, their team just has very little ways to significantly improve as it is with some of the contracts they have on their, their payroll. So I just don't think they're going to commit that much money to Kimba. What are your thoughts? Well, I think there's two ways you can look at this, um, if you're Charlotte, really. One is he's the best player we've ever had. Um, he's been nothing but loyal, and he's been on really shitty contracts and not complained about it through his first eight years in the NBA, however long he's been in the NBA. I don't know exactly, seven or eight years, whatever. Um, so we owe him you know, compensation. He's been underpaid. He's been upstanding and you know his his character and his you know his effort and he's done everything right and if we're you know if we're if we don't reward him with the supermax then why would anybody ever want to come to charlotte because if we don't pay the best player in the history of our franchise you know the money that he deserves then you know what's the point on the other hand Charlotte also has to look at it like well one of the reasons we're so bad is because we don't have any players around Kimba and we've made bad financial decisions so we can't you know we can't go in and give Kimba 221 million dollars and realistically rebuild the roster to you know to competing levels like i mean they think but think about how many of the how many bad moves they made like they gave um oh god what's the guy's name from batum they gave nicholas batum a max contract like think about that that that's the kind of stuff that kills your franchise yeah and the the thing with batum is that kind of contract, if you're going to get off of that, you're probably going to have to attach a significant draft pick to it as well. And, you know, the the, the Hornets, they're just kind of in this, this limbo state where they're not extremely bad, but, you know, they're not good either. They're not good enough to make the playoffs and... You know, I I have to see what. Do you know off the top of your head what pick they have? Isn't it is it like twelfth, eleventh? I'm, I'm looking it up right now as we speak. Okay, um, well it, it's it's in there somewhere. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think. I mean, I guess it just depends on the team, you know, making the trade what they're looking for. But I don't think that that high of a lottery pick would be worth taking on Batum. Number um, twelve. Twelve. Okay, yes. okay. Well, see, like, I just, you know, not with this year's draft class. Uh, but I don't know. Like I said, maybe there is a team out there that can do it. But the point is, it's not going to be easy for that team to improve. And from what from what we've heard Kimba say, or what we've looked at, you know, what he said throughout the season, what he said in preseason, you know, uh it, 
you know, I know he just recently said that he loves Charlotte and he'd like to stay and, you know, the supposedly that fifth year means a lot to him and everything. But, you know, I mean, that, that really, what is that really telling us, though? Because, I mean, if you look at every single thing he said leading up to this, he has said that he wants to win in Charlotte. You know, he doesn't just want to stay in Charlotte. He doesn't just want to get paid. He wants to win. And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, with Charlotte's lack uh, of being able to, uh, you know, make the, the right moves to turn that team into a winner around Kimba, I think ultimately he ends up going to a new situation. And to me, you know, just looking at the rest of the free agency landscape and what could happen and everything, I think before it's said and done, if he doesn't go to Charlotte, I really believe he's coming to Dallas. And, you know, that that's just me because, I mean, uh, let's say if it comes down to the Mavs and the Knicks, I, just, I think that's a no-brainer for Kimba. I mean, you may feel differently about that, but I, I think it's a no-brainer. No, I don't feel differently. And I just want to, for a second, go back to, you know, making Charlotte better. It's, they're, they're in such a – one of the reasons they're in such a crunch is, obviously, like we talked about, they had bad contracts. Well, I, I did some math before or while you were talking, and they have 56.34% of their cap space tied up with four players. Those four players are Nicholas Batum, Bismack Biombo, Marvin Williams, and Cody Zeller. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Michael Jordan, you know, his his on court greatness has not, you know, has not transferred over to the general manager side of things. I mean, it, it's really bad. No, no, it hasn't. And Michael Kid Kid Girl. Kid Gilchrist is another 10.67%. So, like, it's it really doesn't make sense for either party to stay there. And, that, like, I think part of the reason that he's saying all these things is because he doesn't have any ill will toward Charlotte. Charlotte's been, been good to him in terms of, like, the fans, and, you know, he's risen to all-star levels and stuff. You know, not through any help of the actual organization, but, like, from a public media standpoint, he's just trying to say all the right things. Yeah. Which is understandable. So when it comes down to it and he's actually looking at free agency, obviously it's going to be tough for him if they do offer him the Supermax to turn that down because it's $80 million difference. But if... if and also, you know... Charlotte, like I just mentioned, is known for giving dumb contracts, so who knows what's going to actually happen. Well, but, but I mean, it, at this point, though, where Charlotte's at and, you know, what's sitting before them, because, you know, they've they've never given out a, a Supermax contract. You know, this is, this is a relative, relatively new thing, and, I mean, really, it's uncharted territory because... You know, I think this is the first time that a guy like Kimba on a team that's, you know, not in the playoffs consistently. I think he's been like maybe twice in his career. So I think this is the first time so far 
that you've had a guy become super max eligible, you know, that, that hasn't had a lot of playoff success. So, I mean, it's going to be really tough for the organization. I Ultimately, I think it's going to end up being a uh, mutual split, I think. I think he will leave, but I don't think there's going to be any ill will, and I know he doesn't want that. Charlotte doesn't want that. But in the end, I think that they'll, you know, kind of agree that it's best for that, that both parties move on. And, I mean, I, I like I said, I just I have this, this feeling that that's going to be really, really good for the Mavs because I don't see out of the other, you know, reported teams that have interest in Kimba – and, you know, that are going to pursue Kimba, I just don't see how he's going to choose, you know, the Lakers or the Knicks over the Mavs. Uh, I mean, if well, unless, I don't, he, I don't unless it's like LeBron going to Los Angeles and he's just going for Hollywood or, you know, he wants to go to New York for New York. If he's, if, for basketball reasons, if he wants to win and he wants to win, you know, quickly, he will choose Dallas over those other destinations. No, yeah, I, I, I agree with that idea. Um, it makes it makes more basketball sense for him to go to Dallas. It makes more financial sense for him to go to Dallas because, hello, no state income tax. And, you know, obviously Jeff Schwartz, Mavericks, best friends, that helps too. I, I don't see what – okay – Kevin Durant might go to New York. I still don't understand why he would want to go to New York after all the bitching and moaning he's done about the media in Golden State. And you want to go to New York? Like, all right, buddy, (laughs) come on. Like, if he goes there, maybe that's the kind of thing that could sway Kemba. Like, oh, you know, the best player or arguably the best player in basketball is going to be there. Maybe they're maybe that's a sign. Maybe they're starting to turn stuff around. I don't know, but uh, barring that, that's the only reason I could see for him having any desire to go to New York. Other like Los Angeles, why would you want to go to that shit show? There, there's no. I don't care about LeBron. You know he's 34 or 33, whatever he is. Like he's getting up there. How much longer, you know, is he realistically going to be around playing at this level? Not very long. And they've got everything going on with Magic Johnson and Genie Bus and and all that crap over there with like Kuzma and Lonzo and Big Baller Brand and all that yeah. stuff. It's ju- it's just a mess. So if you want to avoid a mess, I mean I know the Mavericks obviously have had their problems, but it hasn't been on the basketball court. It hasn't been with the actual, you know, running of the basketball organization itself and the basketball operations. It's, it's all it's all other stuff, which is not which is still bad stuff, but it it hasn't affected the basketball product. Everything going on in New York and Los Angeles is affecting the basketball product. Yeah, and if Kimball wants to avoid that kind of stuff, then it has to be Dallas. Yeah, and I mean, look, I I, I think the Knicks, I think that fan base is probably going to end up being the most disappointed that they've been in a while. And I know that's probably saying a lot because <laughs> the Knicks have had a lot of disappointment uh, over the years. But, you know, it it seems like, you know, Stephen A. Smith said earlier today, and I've, I've seen some other people like Rick Buecher and 
those people have said that Kyrie Irving has, you know, eliminated the Knicks from their, I mean, from his, uh, his group of teams he's considering to join. It's supposedly the Lakers and the Nets, and then Stephen A. said today that, uh, He's given every indication that he's going to the Nets. So, I mean, uh, uh, okay. We take that. I, hold hold on. I, I was. I know what you're about to say. You have to take it with a grain of salt because I mean, we haven't actually heard anything from Kyrie and all that. I get that. I'm just saying. I I really believe he's not going to New York. And you know, I don't know if you saw what happened the other day. You know, supposedly Kawhi Leonard has bought property in Toronto. Uh, so, you know, if he ends up staying in Toronto, who's to say Kevin Durant can't go to the Clippers with that team that's, you know, set up nicely with, with young pieces, young supporting pieces. You know, he's still in Los Angeles, but, you know, it's not like the, the uh, you know, it's more like an underdog role. You know, he can go there and prove that he's the best player in the world by trying to bring the Clippers a championship. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of different scenarios that, that could happen this summer, but I think New York is going to end up being, you know, pretty disappointed. No, yeah, I, I don't have any faith ever that the Knicks are going are gonna to make any kind of moves or get any kind of luck that, that make them a better franchise. I mean, think about that, just that one draft. They passed up on Donovan Mitchell and they got Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nilakina, Frankie Smokes. Like, and then in the process of acquiring both of those players, they they now lost their best player of the last, like, decade in Chris Stapps Porzingis. Who, it's an absolute mess. Who they booed when he got drafted. <laughs> yeah. Zingus, dingus. Like, give me a fucking break. Um <laughs> Like, there, there's no reason anybody wants to go play for them. Ever. Like, them not getting the number one pick was pure karma. I, I totally believe that. Like, yeah. 100%. Um, but as far as Los Angeles goes, I don't really care what Stephen A. Smith says about, about Kyrie. I don't think he knows these players as well as he likes to make people think he does. But I, I do believe that the Knicks were never really a consideration for Kyrie. I mean, maybe they were a little bit at some point, but I think the Nets are far more likely a destination. And I think the Lakers are a far more likely destination because he does seem like a Hollywood type guy. Yeah. And if Kevin, if like you said, if Kevin Durant goes to the Clippers, then, you know, he's best friends with Kyrie. Maybe Kyrie goes to the Lakers and then they can still be, you know, best buds running around LA together, but they don't have to necessarily be on the same team. Yeah. Um, and another thing is, you know, an interesting wrinkle that him going to the Nets is it, you know, that could potentially free up uh, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I know I've heard the the reports say that, you know, they could see them playing in a backcourt together. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't that. know where that's coming from. That's a lot of usage. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that players. working. So I think that if Kyrie goes to the Nets, it's going to end up freeing up D'Angelo Russell to go elsewhere. Yeah. Which you know would would be would be very interesting. Yeah, and I mean, look, that's that's where I was going to lead with this because you know, obviously, Fish be on the lookout for his his recent scoop for DallasBasketball.com. But you know, just in short, the 
the Mavs, they, they like D'Angelo Russell. You know, they, they like the improvement, the growth that he's shown over the years, but they don't they don't plan to make any any bids on on him. Uh and you know, like I said, I'm just speculating here. I haven't I haven't looked to see what what fish is uh gonna be putting out here in the near future, but if I had to guess, it's more so about him being a restricted free agent than anything else. I think, like we've talked about in the past, I think that, uh, you know, the the unrestricted free agency list has so much talent, so many good players that they can go after immediately that I don't think the Mavs are willing to waste time with uh, the restricted free agents. And I know... I know that, uh, you know, Kyrie going to Brooklyn, that could affect that and, you know, make that process shorter. But we have no idea when Kyrie's going to make that decision. So, you know, you could... That's a lot of dominoes that you have to wait to fall. Yeah. Just, it's not really worth D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's my guess on why the Mavs won't, won't make a bid on Russell. And, you know, obviously Kimba is going to be you know, their, their first priority there as far as point guards go. And then after that, I mean, you probably, you probably go to Patrick Beverly, you know, um, or, or you try to make a play for Drogic. Um, so that's, that's what I'm thinking there. I don't What are your thoughts on the Russell and why do you think the, the Mavs aren't going to make a bid? Well, I think, you know, Schematically, from a basketball standpoint, I, th- I don't think D'Angelo Russell is a bad idea. Um, like, if you weigh him against Kimba Walker just on basketball alone, it's 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 pretty close in terms of production and and all of that stuff. I um, I personally don't think it's close uh, right now, but I can see the potential with with Russell. I mean, I I, I do think okay. I do think the fit is very good, and I think he fits the timeline timeline a lot better. But I'm still giving Kimba the edge there. Okay, well the numbers are close if you look at them, and if if you're talking about long term upside and and those types of things and age and all that, D'Angelo obviously has that, but also Kimba has done it done it over a longer period of time. And this is this is D'Angelo's kind of breakout year, so you don't you don't necessarily know whether it's a a flash in the pan year or, or yeah, or you know, could be a fluke, something, or it could be a fluke, or it could be sustainable. We don't know. Um, with Kimba, you just feel a little bit more secure in terms of you know what you're going to get. Whereas over in the D'Angelo Russell side of things, I do think he's he's extremely talented and has a chance to be much much better than he is right now and, and a better player than Kimba but if you're if you're looking at it right now for who you're offering a max contract to it's you you, you kind of have to if you're choosing one you kind of have to choose Kimba just because of the security and if you look at D'Angelo Russell and you see the people that he's hanging out with calling his mentors <laughs> I I it's it, for those reasons I'm out. <laughs> yeah, and look, I, I, uh, I know you saw this, but recently I went on uh, 
Chew On Sports. They have a podcast. Uh, I retweeted it. So if you want to, if you want to check out that, just go to my timeline and scroll down a little bit. It, it's on there. But I, we talked about that same exact thing, and I, <laughs> I was just like, you know, that's that right there would be one of the main reasons I'm out. And I'm sure the Mavs wouldn't say that say that too but i mean <laughs> you see you see him calling d wade and carmelo anthony role models and it's just like i don't know man <laughs> dude those are not role models those are prima donna pieces of crap i mean i mean role mo- it just depends on what he's looking at for for role models i mean does he want to improve his banana boat pictures or uh, like what, what what exactly is he looking for um, looking for people who have long careers for being aggressively average Flopping. and never doing anything on their own and, um, being still a making ball hog. Of money. Man, it, it, let's yeah, just like roast these dudes. <laughs> well, if, if, if honestly, if you want to learn to be Carmelo Anthony, just shoot the ball every time you get it. Yeah. Like how how is Carmelo Anthony a good role model? He's been nothing but trouble everywhere he's gone. Well, and look, we we can say all this about you know maybe their personalities or the way they play and and this and that, but I mean yeah, I, I got to hand it to Carmelo. He he knew what he wanted and he went and got it in his career, and that was securing the bag. <laughs> <laughs> he he wanted the money and he got the money and you know that <laughs> he was very clear that that you know that's pretty much all he cared about and uh i'm sure when he was in denver and everything and then for a brief time in new york you know when they were they were decent when they had tyson winning defensive player of the year and everything but uh for the most part you know the end of his career has been has been you know kind of sad but, I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> but what 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 like what is there to feel bad for him? Like you, I don't feel bad for him. I'm just saying he, he still got the ba- he still got the bag. You know, it's his fault that he was so stuck in his ways that he didn't want to change the way he played, and that's what got that's yeah. what drove him out of the league. I mean, it's it's all his fault. Yeah. Well, look, we we won't get too far into that. We could But know. also, hold on. Did you see who liked that picture? No. Des Bryant. Uh, okay. okay. Well, I mean that. I mean that. That. <laughs> I mean that kind of fits too, right? I mean he's. Yeah. <laughs> he he probably considers them role models as well. So. But. Yeah. All right. Well, I anyway, love Des. We'll I love Des. Me. Throw up the X always. Okay. I, I do too. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's only because he was a cowboy for years. Yeah. But anyway, so that we kind of got a little bit off track there but basically you guys just just keep looking out for that D-Lo piece uh from fish and uh you know we got some some new stuff on dwight powell coming up you know as it turns out the the fish report from two weeks ago was right uh shocking shocking <laughs> shocking I'm so shocked so you know the yahoo report that that dwight powell had opted out that's that's not true uh, so there, there's more stuff coming out on that as well. So uh, when we come back, uh, we have a, a special voice message to play you guys before we get into the rest of this podcast. So I, I think you're going to like it. it it's, it's pretty great. So hang with us. We'll be right back after this break.
Alright guys, uh, I know for for you guys who listen through the ads, I don't know how many of you actually do that, but uh, you've probably heard by now that Anchor has this, this new feature called voice messages. And we got one this past week that we thought was just, it was perfect. And we're going to play it for you now and see what you think. So here we go. Hello there. The name is Hank Hill. I sell propane and propane accessories. I also listen to the Step Back podcast with Dalton and Matt. I love the Mavericks almost as much as I love propane, and I hate the Spurs just as much as I hate charcoal. Having said this, Dalton and Matt, I listen to every podcast you publish. Oh, Bobby! I'm recording a message right now. Please do not. Sorry about that. I don't think I can delete it, but I really enjoy listening, and uh, I hope that this ends up on one of your future podcasts. And I just want to say I'm a big fan, and go Mavericks. I'm a propane fan for life and a Mavericks fan for life. All right, Matt, what do you think about that? Hank Hill. We, we, we get a, a voice message from Mavs fan for life, Hank Hill. What are the chances of that? <laughs> I mean, I was crying when I heard it. It was so funny. <laughs> um, that was perfect, man. It, it was. That, I mean, that was, our, that was our first voice message, um, and I could not have imagined a better first one so right and that and look that's if you guys if you 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 know him on twitter as tyler adams with a t A A T O M S. uh it's adams but that's how he spells his his twitter ad on there but yeah that was that was the fine work of tyler adams uh so we tyler we appreciate that i'm sure our listeners got a got a little bit of humor out of that as well so the rest of y'all listening if you ever have anything you want to send us if you want to ask a question just tell us how we're doing uh you know maybe you just want to do like tyler maybe you have some impressions <laughs> that you want to send and uh have us included in some of these future pods just be sure to do that but we wanted to play that for you guys and uh just show you what it was like so uh we'll move on from here matt i know uh we had a couple different uh potential draft night trades we wanted to talk about uh i'll let you take the floor here i know you wanted to talk about that that recent phoenix report so tell let's let's start off with that well um it was reported recently that um phoenix was looking to ship the number six pick in um in this year's draft to acquire a veteran point guard I can't. Do you remember who was first to report that? I think it was it was it Shams. I think it was Shams. Um, anyway, so that immediately got me thinking, because every time one of these trade proposals, or you know, comes up on the Twitter the Twitter sphere, I always, you know, jump right into it. It's like, okay, how how, how can the Mavs get involved? On the same way. That was Shams, by the way. I just checked. Yeah, that, that's what we do. So. Um, you know, I got to thinking, you know, who are some teams that maybe have um, a star player that, that, that you know, that's 
that's that's down on their luck. That's like on the you know on the playoff on the playoff boundaries, and maybe either just got in or, or they're not. You know, they were just on the outside, and they're looking to kind of restructure things. Yeah. But also, you know, and then they have also a veteran point guard and all this stuff and whatever. So what I came up with was um, involving the Suns, the Mavs, and the Pistons. And if, at first, like when we when I proposed this trade to you, we kind of laughed about it. We were like, ha 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 ha. But then another tweet came out later. Is that how you really reporter. laugh? By the way, you laugh like Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I love it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so and then another tweet later came out by another reporter who mentioned uh, Reggie Jackson al- alongside a couple other guys. So we were like, oh, maybe this actually has some legitimacy that Reggie Jackson could be the kind of guy that they're looking for. Because there's not a lot of scores on that team. Um, they have versus Mavs All-Star, TJ Warren. Obviously, they have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, but like they yeah. need... They need ball handling, they need scoring, and you know maybe Reggie Jackson could use a change of scenery. Maybe he'd be better in the desert than in the Motor City. Who knows? Well, and see, so, my th- well, go ahead, finish, finish your thought on that, and then I, I do have some thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, granted, it's not necessarily a perfect fit, but for this purpose in my trade, it is. So yeah. deal with it. Well, see, um, to to me, to me, and I don't know. Have you already given? I, I mean, I. Have you already laid out? I haven't the full... laid down the structure of the trade yet. Okay, well, go ahead and lay that out, and then I'll I'll get to that. Okay, so in this in this scenario, the Mavericks would ship Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, to the Pistons, and they would send their second round pick number thirty seven to the Suns, and then the Suns would send Tyler Johnson and the number six pick to the Pistons, and the Mavericks would receive. Oh, and the Pistons would send number 15 back to the Suns, and then the Mavericks would take Blake Griffin, who, um, at $32 million a year, and he's a great player, he does everything, and he kind of fits exactly what the Mavs do. Now, this what this trade does is it gets Reggie Jackson a change of scenery. It helps move... The, the, the Suns are basically moving back nine spots, acquiring... An extra pick at number 37, so they're acquiring picks so they can add more talent. And they're moving the bad Tyler Johnson contract off the books. And the Pistons are just they're 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 getting the Albatross Blake Griffin thing off of their con off of the books so that you know they can kind of start to rebuild things and they can start to maybe tank. And as we know, Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. are perfect assets if you want to tank. So Well and see I I don't necessarily. I don't think you can really call Blake Griffin's contract a, a albatross. I mean, for them, it's a lot of money. I mean, for them and team building and everything. Yeah, it, I, I can see that. But you know, he actually. I mean, he had an amazing year this year. Uh, no, I, I agree. With the Mavericks, it's not an albatross. With yeah. The, with the Pistons and where they're trying to go, and right? They're, they're trying to restructure things. It is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the only thing. The, the more I've thought about this, the more I'm just like, you know, I just don't think the Suns would move down nine spots from six to 15, even if they are getting pick number 37 with it as well, you know, just to add Reggie Jackson. Now, the only, 
But, I mean, I, overall, I like that trade. I mean, obviously, if Blake Griffin's coming to the Mavericks, that, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's going to be awesome. I mean, that, that he's, he's, a, he's a super fit in that in that front court next to Porzingis and playing with Luca and everything. So it it'd be amazing. But uh I guess if I had to if I had to try to justify that trade and say, okay, it can actually happen, it would be for a couple of reasons. The first one is Robert Sarver is still in charge of the Suns pretty much because we, you know, they have a new GM and all that, but we know they go through coaches and GMs like every single season. So, <laughs> I mean, really, really Sarver's in charge and he, he's calling all the shots there. So, uh, he's prone to, you know, doing stuff like that. So, I mean, maybe I could see that. And then another reason could be, you know, we, we've talked about how top heavy this year's draft is. I mean, what if they don't see that much difference between, you know, prospects from 6 to 15? Uh, you know, maybe if you're going to get somebody you like at, at 15 and then add a, a high second rounder to that, I mean, I don't know, maybe. I mean, we're just, we're just spitballing here, and it's probably, like we've talked about in the past, it's probably getting into that, that pipe dreamy section, but it really just well, depends – really just depends on what Phoenix wants to do and what Detroit would want to do if they want to continue to pay Blake Griffin and you know be a fringe playoff team with not much room to grow uh, you know it's kind of like Charlotte they're a little bit better than Charlotte they're good enough to make the playoffs but they're still kind of in that that situation where there's not many ways they can get better so if they were to decide to to blow it up I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Mavs can can luck up and have a a nuclear winter type of trade, like Fish likes to call it. All right. So if you remember back to when we had Richard Stamen on um, at Mavs Draft on Twitter, he talked about how once you get past a certain point in the in the early lottery picks, a lot of people feel like the talent difference, like you just said, is pretty much the same from you know, let's say six to 15 or like, you know, even up into the, to the late first round, early second round, like there's not that much of a talent difference. It's just a matter of schematical fit and whatever. Yes. So if you look at it that way, the sun, the sun's with the number six pick they they feel like, look, we're going to pay more money for the six pick. when we feel like we could get a player who's really, you know, pretty much similar level at number 15 and we're acquiring an early second round pick. You know, maybe we just we acquire uh, good role players here, and then you know if if Reggie Jackson doesn't work out, we're off of him in two years, and he's an expiring next year, and that could be used as a as a tool. Yeah, you know, a trade tool. So they're just kind of beginning the movements of restructuring things to build around Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Now, are there probably better deals out there for them? Sure, but this this is just a way for you know as we said earlier, a way that the Mavericks could try and get involved in something like this. Are we saying this is, you know, going to happen? No, but it's, it's a way for the Mavs to get involved in an exciting trade that would make them better. And by getting off of the $31 million with Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway, um, with those two pick or with those two guys for Blake Griffin, that's only a $1 million difference. Yeah. So you're, you're still able to kind of finagle things around and, and make room for a ma- another max contract. 
which could be Kim, which could be Kimball Walker. Two picks within that kind of range in the same draft. That's I think that's pretty fair compensation for a weak draft. Yeah. Like, or not a, not a weak draft, but but one where once you get past three or four, it's it's a big drop. Yeah. And you, and w- and where you're sitting, like I said, you're just you're basically acquiring more talent with those two picks than you would with that one pick. Yeah. And look, while while we're while we're still talking about trades, this is one more one more we'll throw at you guys too. But Matt, we we were talking a little bit before we got on here. You know, Shams in that in that same piece that he was talking about the Suns, uh, you know, potentially trading that number six pick to get a veteran point guard. He also mentioned that uh, Oklahoma City, uh, the Thunder, they're you know they'd be willing to part with pick number twenty one if it means that they're able to you know shed some salary now. Uh, I don't like fish was talking with us earlier. I mean, is it, are they just looking to shed the, you know, the salary that the pick itself would be making? Or are they just trying to like get rid of it or, you know, what's, what's the situation here? Like, would they be willing to trade pick number 21 for pick number 37 straight up just to save some money? Uh, you know, similar to what the, the Mavs tried to do in that Giannis draft that we've, Oh Lord, that <laughs> you know, they they traded back to save some money and we don't talk about that here. <laughs> oh, good times! But you know, so, something like that, or is that what they're trying to do? Or are they trying to attach a player to it, like uh, Dennis Schroeder, or uh, maybe they want to dump Stephen Adams or something? I mean, I, I don't know. Well, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't. It depends where they're trying to go. I mean, we know that um, Dennis Schroeder isn't necessarily a, a high priority or a, or whatever for the Mavericks. Um, yeah, they don't seem to like the guy too much. I don't know if you went and tried to get Steven Adams. Is that really a better idea than, you know, trying to find a way to get Capella? So, yeah, he, he, I mean, he's worth more money. He doesn't have as long of a contract, but he's, you know, he's 24 million a year and his body's kind of already starting to fall apart a little bit. He's only 25, but he, he plays so hard and so tough that, you know, his body's just going to start to break down. Um, so is that, is that really any different than going and getting Capella? So I don't know. It, it, I mean, do they trade, you know, 21 and, and and I mean I, I like what what, what do you, what do they it, that's what's so confused I don't subscribe to the athletic so I'm not maybe they went into more detail on the report and I couldn't read it but I don't know like without knowing what they want with that pick like what they're trying to do with it or what they're trying to to pair it with to move off of it or whatever that's kind of hard to say and I don't necessarily yeah. think like hey the Mavericks should should find a way to go and get that pick because I don't think that they feel like there's anything within the top, you know, five to, to 30 or, or 31 or whatever above where they are, where they're already sitting at 37 that they feel like they need to make any kind of move or trade any kind of asset to move up and get. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the only thing that I can, I mean, I would rather, 
I would rather have Capella. Uh, you know, not just because, like you said, I think there's there's not as much mileage on him as there is Steven Adams, but also that contract is a little bit better, a little more team friendly than than what Steven Adams is. So I would rather have Capella, uh, but with the Thunder, I think like if they paired the twenty first pick with Steven Adams, and they wanted to send it to the Mavs. I think the Mavs, I don't think they'd have to just absorb him altogether. I think they could send back pick number 37 and, you know, send back maybe Courtney Lee. Uh, You know, Courtney Lee or, hey, maybe even Tim Hardaway Jr. Who knows? (laughs) I'd rather Tim Hardaway. Yeah, I mean, either way, Either one of those scenarios, the Thunder are saving at least $7 million, you know, potentially 12 to $13 million if it's Courtney Lee, and they still get a pick that's an early second rounder as well. So, I mean, I can... Let me see if that works real quick. What? Let's say Courtney Lee... I'm going to put it in the trade machine. Let's say Courtney Lee... It'll work. the Thunder for Steven Adams. It's going to work. I mean, the Mavs have the cap space. Failed. <laughs> no, hold on. I, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, maybe. <coughs> I just, I know they need shooting. Um, so if, if they want to, you know, come and try and get a guy like, Tim Hardaway, and then I, I think that's great for them. Whatever you know, it does work. I I, I forgot I had the Suns listed in there. It's when I was messing around with trade machine earlier, so it does work. Okay, yeah, I was about I was about um, to say that doesn't make any sense whatsoever because we no we it, definitely I, I, have the cap space to make that happen. I, tr- I I've had the Suns attached to that thing, and I <laughs> I screwed it up. But yes, uh, it does work. Uh, I think Tim Hardaway Jr. would make more sense for them because of the lack of offense that they have outside of Paul George and uh, Russell Westbrook. But, you know, who knows? It, yeah. And, I mean, we, look, we, this we've, – We've heard complaints about Clint Capella not, you know, clogging things up or or him, you know, um, not being able to do this or not being able to do that. It's like, well, Steven Adams is less mobile than he is. He's a great defender, a great rebounder, whatever, but he, he can't get out and guard – a power forward, you know, on a switch or whatever, like Capella can. Yeah. Um, and Capella doesn't even do it that, that, that well, but Steven Adams definitely can't do it. So, you know, what's the, if you can, if you had to choose between one or the other, then Steven Adams doesn't really make sense. Now, if you try and go get Capella and it doesn't work and then you want to, you know, you want to go after Steven Adams and that's another thing. Well, and if you're, if you're, you know, wanting to go after, uh, not just Steven Adams, but if you're trying to, you know, jump up 16 spots in the draft to get a player you like too, I mean, that's something to consider as well. Now, given the Mavs' current situation, and we know they're trying to make as, you know, they're trying to make the winning moves. They want to win now. Uh, I don't know if they're, unless it's just a player they know that's going to contribute from day one, and they want to pull the trigger on a trade like that. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do something like that for a project. But regardless, you know, these two 
uh, scenarios we've talked about. Uh, we've talked about, well, Capella and uh, Steven Adams. I think something like that is only going to happen if the Mavs miss out on their uh, their top priorities in free agency. So they're they're just kind of, and so, the, and then that just kind of, that kind of eliminates the pick thing too because, I mean, you're already going to be past the draft and I don't know. So uh, th- th- that's just my thoughts on it. I think it's going to be, they're going to just focus on Kimba, then they'll move on to the second tier guys. And then, you know, if none of that works, then they'll try and look towards uh, one of those, big time trades to kind of salvage the off season. So that's what I'm thinking. And yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So we won't get too too much in too much more into that, not in this episode at least. We still have about 3 more weeks until the draft and then free agency is going to start and man, that's going to be a fun period. Uh so we got we got some special guests coming up, uh one right before the draft, another one uh, a little bit closer to free agency. It's going to be a blast. And Matt, I will see you this weekend at Dirk's Celebrity Game. Yeah, um, potentially. I'm planning on going. It's going to be really hot. And, Very hot. Um, uh, Matt Postens and TJ are already going to be there. So if I decide that... Um, DallasBasketball.com doesn't need five writers <laughs> at the Dirk Celebrity Baseball game. I might sit it out. Who knows? But I'm probably going to go because it's fun and I really enjoy it. Well, if um, I, I thought you were already set up to go. So if you don't go, I understand why. But if it makes you feel any better, I'm not going uh, on credential for this one. I'm just going to go as a fan. I'm going to enjoy myself, uh, the wife and I. This is our first time doing it, and I mean, it's. I think it's going to be a blast. See, that's my thing is I think I would rather like I'm credentialed if I want to go. I just, I I haven't been yet as a fan. Yeah. So I feel like if I wanted to go as a fan, it would be different, and I would enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah. Not that I don't have fun doing it. I think it's great. I mean, my first memory, you know, covering anything remotely Mavericks related was going to Dirk celebrity baseball game. I mean, I love it. It's just, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a circus. Um, but you know, it'll be fun. Um, if you, uh, if you see me or if anybody sees me or Dalton out there, just, uh, you know, stay to yourself. I don't like talking to weird people, but if you're weird, you know, whatever it's, it's you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, you know, I I've heard that they do the the firework display afterwards, stuff like that. So it's gonna be a really fun night, and I can't wait to get out there and uh, see Dirk and the rest of the guys, and uh, maybe even maybe even some of you listeners out here. If you see one of us, you know, feel free to holler at one of us, and you know. Yes, I, I'm I'm totally joking. If you see me and you know who I am, come say hi. I will say hi to you back, and I will shake your hand, and I might have a beer with you. Holla at your boy. <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean that's gonna do it for this episode guys uh we'll look forward to uh next week and uh, some of the stuff we have coming up uh, as we get closer to the draft and free agency but uh matt is there anything you want to add before we take off here uh yeah i mean you already mentioned some of the good stuff we have coming out on uh, on db this week um Another thing that I want you guys to, to keep an eye out for is um, I'm writing a very, 
very comprehensive Goran Dragic to the Mavs uh, story. It's, it's going to be it's, great. It's uh, I've been working on this thing for a long time. Uh, Tyler Upchurch made me a great graphic for it, um, putting a lot of work into it. For so all of you, for, that. for all of you Mavs fans slash DBZ fans, you are going to absolutely lose it over this Tyler Upchurch graphic. He he really hit it out of the park on this one. Yeah, and it's it's kind of evolved and it's 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 very cool. Um I'm really happy with what he did. So But also read Matt's um, article too. That that's that's going to yeah, be good too. Well, that's that's the, that's <laughs> also a, an important part of it. Um and uh so that'll be out uh I'm I'm hoping Wednesday morning, uh maybe Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning, um depending on on stuff, but um, and then also, you know, keep an eye out for our Patreon account. Um, if you if you feel like donating, you know, every dollar helps us. Um, if not, that's fine too. Yeah, and no, um, Matt, one more I thing think before Dalton wanted to say something about that too. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, as of right now, uh, or up to this point, we hadn't had any any kind of incentives for the the Patreon account. But I'm currently working with uh, one of my friends from college. He he makes t-shirts and everything. We're going to get some t-shirts together and we've got some other if you look at the Step Back Mavs Twitter page, we've got a we've got a giveaway going on that's involves a Dirk bobblehead. Uh, you know, if we get a certain amount of reviews on our uh, Apple Podcast page. So, just keep be on the lookout for all that. We've got some incentives coming for you guys regarding all that stuff and it should be fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and just you know, if you want to check that out, it's uh, www.patreon.com/stepbackmavs. Very easy to find. Um, and then you know, again, check us out on Twitter at stepbackmavs, at Dalton underscore Trig, and at Matt Galatson. Yep. Well, guys, it's been a fun one as always. We're gonna do our best, keep bringing you the best Mavs content available, whether it's reading or listening. So we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the weekend and have fun at the celebrity baseball game if you're going to it. But we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. You know, in this game, it's a lot of grit, you know what I'm saying? Proves lands integrity. Late nights, early mornings, but we all want the trophy at the end of the day. And that's the beauty of this game, because at the end of the day, only the real gonna float, man, for real. You either sink or you float, only the real gonna float. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.